Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Is It Just Me? Your weekly reassurance that you're not alone in sweating the very small, minuscule stuff in life and getting very hot under the collar about it. Um, I'm one of your hosts, I'm James Williams. And hello, I'm Joe Elvin, I'm the, I'm the other one. You're the other one. Yeah. Uh, here we are again. And without putting too much pressure on, I've got a feeling this could be a lol fest, I'm going to say. I'm going to go as far as to say, because <laughs> we've got the wonderful stand-up comedian and actress, Tiff Stevenson. Hello. Hello. Hi. I think it's a bit rude that he didn't say lols with the Z on Some the end. The that, Z, that's yeah. the emphatic lol. Oh, is it? I thought, yeah. I thought it was with an S. Am I not down with the kids? Oh uh, that's God. a massive loss for millennial <laughs> points for you there, Tiff. Yeah, I don't know what the Z stands for. Or just oh, like lulls. you laugh till you fall asleep. Yeah. Ah, I think <laughs> it's the very opposite of what you want, really, isn't yeah, it? In, in, I want, yeah, I want ruffles. I want rolling on the floors. <laughs> Logasms. So, what does ruffle mean? I don't know. Rolling on, on the, the floor, floor laughing. laughing. I honestly, I, I can't believe I've waited till now to admit. No, I, can I. I thought it had some sort of like vomiting connotation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's there's uh, chairman laugh my ass off as I like to call it. <laughs> Chairman. Well, only just because it's L M A O, so you can do mouth. Oh. Chairman, laugh mouth off. This has gotten very detailed very quickly. I like a bant pun as well. You know, bang or bant and deck, the archbishop, archbishop of Banterbury. Oh know. yeah, yeah. yeah. Always have a bant, bant pun. Anyway, we've gone very off piece already. Yeah, the boys like the bants. You see. <laughs> the boys and the bants. I'm, gonna, I'm very, very firmly against the bants. Uh, but yeah. I have to say, you're yeah. very sprightly and chipper because you're you're in the middle of touring, right? I'm in the middle of touring. The bombshell tour. The bombshell. bombshell. Tell us yes. about it. Well, um, originally. <laughs> When I sort of uh, started putting the show together, I was in New York and it was kind of like pre... We have to decide on the Edinburgh titles sort of in January, February maybe um, for the show that's wow. going to be in August. So you're always thinking a little is bit ahead. Is that for posters? Yeah, <laughs> it's for posters. <laughs> that's it like, is. For poster that's like working on monthly magazines. It's like, yeah. what are we all or, going to be wanting to do two to years like now? books, when you have to write a book, and you've yeah. got to like shoot the jacket like 18 months before it comes out or something yeah. weird like that. Yeah. Shoot the jacket, I like that. That's such a, <laughs> That's oh, a technical such term. industry term. <laughs> yeah. So shoot wanky, the jacket. No, but I love it. I love it. I, I just had like a real sex in the city moment. 
Uh, one of my favourite Instagram accounts, Every Outfit on Sex and the City. Oh. I'm just giving them a shout out. Yeah, it is because, a good one. Uh, it yeah, is a good one. Gone... It's compelling. And I've still got my favourite outfit. Have you got yours? Uh, yeah, I think it's when, um, I think it's the Marnie skirt when uh, Carrie went to go and give the mulberry plant to Aiden. Oh, uh, yes, and, and, she, on... and she did a bit of a print clash. Yes. I remember it well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the ropey, um, and I mean it in the, it literally does look like a rope dress, not ropey as in a bit <laughs> shit. Um, there was a Roberto Cavalli dress that she'd forgotten was at the back of her closet. As you do. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. became a metaphor for life in that she was sort of like trying old things from her life. And was it the newsprint dress? No, no, no. no. That, that was, was Galliano. A... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Her, she looked incredible yeah. in that dress, yeah. actually. That well. was a great dress. That's, yeah. It's mm. kind of sad that it's been tarnished by... Well, you know, I think you should still be allowed to enjoy wearing oh, the dress. Oh, you've still got to wear it. She yeah. paid, you, well, she didn't pay for it. But, you know, <laughs> the character, whatever. I mean, yeah. we're in the real world. What The lines are blurred. What's real, what's fake? And that's kind of what the show's about. Um, nice segue <laughs> back onto yeah, the yeah, subject. Yeah, yeah. I, was just saying, suddenly, I was worried we'd gone completely off. panicking that she wasn't talking about what she wanted to talk about. <laughs> Why am I saying talking about SDP? Yeah. Yeah. I love them, though. I do yeah. love them. Um, so, yes, I was in... That's right, I was in New York and... Um, it was just kind of like pre-inauguration and that the kind of feeling in the city uh, was this kind of like somber. It was snowing for about five days in a row and I think it was Mother Nature just being so furious trying to prevent the inauguration from happening. Yeah. So, um, and, and whilst I was there, this was sort of the genesis of the show, I was walking along the High Line um, and people who've been to New York have probably done this. You get that little elevated view of Manhattan. And I was with my uh, now fiance. Oh, so, yeah, we got engaged at Christmas. So, yeah, Aww. congratulations! He'll be excited when he finds out as well. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so we were we were walking along. So me and my friend, who I stayed with in New York, and and my fiance, and we came across this tour gu- tour guide who was like the most New York guy you could ever imagine. He had about twenty people, and and this was this was what sort of sparked the show. He with these twenty people, he went. Okay, everybody, listen up. A little bit of history for you now. Over here, we have Pier Number Thirty Seven. This is where the Titanic was supposed to dock. Now we all know what happened here. Tragedy. Anyway, moving on. And that was his tour guiding. Yeah. Like genuinely said, tragedy, and then moving on. And of course, as soon as I heard him, I was like straight in my notes. I'm obsessed with this guy. I was like, how does, what does he do when he gets to 9-11? You know, like literally like the ground zero, like the idea that someone could just just flippantly just kind of go, oh, some bad stuff happened over there anyway. And and then I thought that kind of sums up us in the last couple of years, you know, in the face of relentless relentless sort of rolling news coverage of tragedies and terrorism and celebrity deaths you barely have time to acknowledge what's happened before you just have to move on with your life so it's kind of about approaching that and in this big kind of political bombshells that are going off left right and center you know um because it's quite a political show as well is sort of how we absorb and digest news and are we are british people really equipped to cope with it in the same way that americans are Mm -hmm. because we're a bit more emotionally repressed yeah, so is that the conclusion you've drawn? You think? Um, well, I seem to remember when Andy Murray went to visit a psychiatrist. Almost every single newspaper reported on it. Yeah, obviously, you know, from Andy Murray sees psychiatrist to Andy Murray visits shrink to, mm. you know, Andy Murray sees head quack. Yeah, yeah. Let everyone guess what paper that was. <laughs> uh, but you know, like I, I think is there's judgment in talking about feelings here in a way that there isn't in America. They're a bit more. We're getting better. You know, and it's not massively a show about mental health, but it is a show about how we, how, 
how do we know what to believe? And everyone's interpretation of the truth is slightly different. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but I mean, I, I do think we've made quite important strides in the last few years. I mean, I do think stuff like the Royals have done, obviously, with Mind and, you know, talking quite openly about mental health and their own struggles. I think we are getting better, I think, about talking about it, but I think yeah. we've still got a long way to go before we catch up with our American counterparts. And I think men as well are not told to... I think this really feeds into a lot of the... I guess, I hate the phrase toxic masculinity because it makes men sound biohazardous. But a lot of <laughs> well, that kind of, <laughs> a lot of that sort of idea of what masculinity and what maleness is and it not being encouraged to... To, uh, for men to be able to talk about their problems and their feelings and you know so that's why this kind of whole like kind of reckoning in the last year there's a lot about in the show about the interactions between men and women and the rules of complimenting women and how you've always been able to do that you just may not get the, the response you want mm. you know also if your compliment is shouted from the top of a building or out of a moving car Yes. Like if the Doppler effect applies, then it's not a compliment. I you saw know. a good quote about that on Instagram that said, basically, if you wouldn't say it, if you're in prison and you wouldn't say it to a guy in your cell, <laughs> yeah. don't yeah. say it to a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we talked about this as well um, on recent episodes, saying I, I think it's actually quite a hard time to be a comic because I do feel like everyone's becoming very, very hypersensitive, yeah. the, you know, especially on social media. Have you, have you noticed a change? Has it influenced how you put together your material? Do you not give a shit? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, well, I like to be... I mean, one of the things about comedy as well is the need to be provocative. You need to be able to push yeah. those boundaries. You need to be able to challenge... Uh, there's a great George Carlin quote years ago. Someone said, oh, you've been described as a shock comic. Does that offend you? And he said, well, shock is just another form of surprise, which all comedy is based on. So then th- there's definitely... In this show, you know, having done lots of stuff about identity politics and stuff like that before, in this show there is kind of a picking apart of, I guess, our own individual need or want to have our all of our review all of our views represented at all times. Does that make sense? Yes. So, you know, there's one thing of like there's one idea of being oppressed and there's human rights and there's oppression over here. Um, and I think it's really important that we tackle stuff like poverty and racism you know, and sexism and homophobia. Okay, th- those things are really important. But then there's another section where it's about see me in this way and you can't force other people to see you in a way that they don't want to see you. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that in the show I talk about like identifying as a 10 looks wise and you all better agree. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> otherwise you're beauty phobic. You know? <laughs> say 11. Yeah. Say 11. Yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is a podcast so you'll never know. But my point from that being is all you can do is change your mind. And and so whilst I do think that we, we you know, we don't want to we don't want to oppress people. I think we are sort of on the precipice at the moment. And this is a battle that's going on between some parts of the left, really kind of the left calling each other out sort of microaggressions towards each other yeah. fractured by all its disagreements. And then the right is surging forward because they're united in what they mm. don't like. Whereas we're all arguing about the correct way to, like I was police for saying poor in reference to, um, to Grenfell. That's one of the parts of the show, right, yeah. you know, and I'm sort of, as a working class person, I'm like, what would you like me to call them? Uh, you know, differently financed. Yeah. yeah. Like you're taking away our ability to describe what's actually happening. And and also getting bogged down in just the completely wrong slant on an argument. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so you're going to have a little subsection sort of like micro argument about this, which is not the point, which is also what your detractors and, and you know, sort of like political opponents would prefer. Yes. So then you're yeah. just obsessed with your own 
bizarre little so we've all become so like it needs to everything needs to reflect my worldview all the time mm. and so the internet has been great for amplifying but for, for art you know you're just representing your point of view and I hope that's when people watch the show they go I sort of go this is what I think about this this and this I'm not saying that that's the right way or the only way to think but we need to be able to find some middle ground so that we can move forward because otherwise we're just you know sort of as a left-leaning person in the show I talk about going oh maybe I'm maybe I'm a centrist maybe I'm in the center because I don't identify with so much of what's going on there and then I obviously don't identify with this extreme right either mm. but I feel like there's there has to be some kind of middle ground politically that we can find at the moment I mean it's not a great thing to admit really but I, I've kind of I feel often shut my, I feel myself shut down on um, political conversations because I can't be bothered mm. being harangued for if, if I happen to have the wrong opinion on yeah. A, yeah. B or C do yeah. you know what I mean and that's not good that's not good for but didn't somebody dialogue. say recently no, at the end of the day now if you're not offending somebody you're doing something wrong yeah, so, there's an element of that. I think. So, so who are you offending? So who am I offending? <laughs> yeah, uh, who are you men, taking down? Men's rights activists, apparently. <laughs> oh God, because they need that. Incels. Um, yeah, so it's it's become it's you know, and also sort of anyone that kind of you know, look, I'm I'm sort of pro body positivity as well, but you know, I think it, it can only go so far. We can only you can't change all of the way society sees you, you know. Yeah. So as a as a person with like for example who has big boobs and is constantly kind of like sexualized because of them, I can't stop people seeing that. Mm. I just can't unless I literally go away and have an operation and have them reduce. Like I can't take you know. So there's only so far that I can go to change other people's minds. I can kind of go look, you know, this is the way I look and I have interesting things to say. But if you don't want to hear that, or you don't want to see that, and you just go, oh, she's got big boobs and she's blonde what a little bit of a slag you know like this is like you know this is what it was at school you know like less so now but you know you can't my, my point is we're sort of in a phase where you're trying to change everyone else's mind and also like this kind of incel thing it's like is it punching down to kind of draw out these people who you know call them out because they can't sleep with someone you no one has a right to have someone else sleep with them as well yeah so we're misunderstanding what fundamental human rights are now you know you don't have a right to have sex with whoever you want to have sex with you know you know it, everyone of course wants a loving relationship you know mm. in whatever form or shape that comes in but you know i think we we've now got into an odd place where everyone's like you have to respect this and see me in this way that i want to be seen and you know it's like if Jacob Rees-Mogg came out and said, you know, view me as a good-looking man, I'm going to be like, well, you're not, so I can't, you know. You're talking about it's just a fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. I bet I bet you there's a whole club of people who fancy Jacob yeah. Rees-Mogg. I bet there is. is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, he's a... He should he's, be in sepia, shouldn't he? Any picture of Jacob Rees-Mogg should be in that sepia yeah, tone. He, he's of a different era yeah, you look he at does, him. Yeah, he should he be riding a penny farthing into work, <laughs> yeah. shouldn't he? I bet he's got one. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. he probably does have, somewhere. yeah. Bring it back, austerity measures. Oh, I mean, yeah. Rees-Mogg and I think it was Steve Bannon who recently met up, who are, oh, both, yeah. who are both pro-eugenics, which I sort of have a joke about, like, why is it only ever really ugly men that believe in the idea of a supreme race, you know? <laughs> Steve Bannon awesome. looks like a pork scratching. Talk yeah. about your dinner party from hell. Like, yeah. I mean, right. So, Tiff, we can see you. You're, yeah. You've got your London dates coming up. Yes. So tell us if we're waiting to so see So I'm at Soho Theatre from the 21st of May to the 27th. 
Yeah. You're going to be tired. <laughs> I am going to be tired. Yeah. Well, it's only an hour a night. Yeah. And I'm, oh, I was uh, going to say, you're exactly. not, it sounded like, you know, sort of like you're there. Yeah, like a marathon. Yeah, yeah, I'm there in the, they don't <laughs> let me leave. Yeah. And then they put food through a little hatch. Oh, they're nice. They're good to you like that. And I, I'd just say that's also a brilliant place to see comedy because yeah. it's such a nice sized venue. Don't you think? Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It's centrally located. They have a great, you know, I'll get my audience, but they also have their own audience there. So yeah. you get new people coming in to see you. And so, and, and is this it now? Or, or do you think you might add more dates at some point? Or is it pretty much, are you done with this? You want to move on to new stuff? Um, well, this show, I, I, I'm I, not going up to Edinburgh, to the Fringe, and I've got other stuff going on. I've sort of got a film in development at the moment. Ooh. God, that's so and posh. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. really fancy. Yeah. And um, I'm working with, um, yeah, I sort of can't talk talk about what we're doing but I'm working with uh, Gemma Arterton's production company at the moment Ooh. the brilliant Rebel Park um, and that's very exciting I'm, I'm working with lots of awesome women so I'm really sort of chuffed about that you know and only the odd crappy one only the odd crappy one so basically what you're saying is you're, you're going to be far too busy doing fancier things so come and grab a ticket for this show grab right now grab a ticket for this show now yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah maybe next year we'll see I'm uh, uh, you know I, I always I love Edinburgh and I always have ideas but I just felt like this show became increasingly more relevant as the year went on mm. and I wrote all of this stuff about men and women pre-Me Too, you know, and how we interact and what what constitutes harassment. You were ahead of so, your time. You I always think comedians should be, though, right? Mm. Like you were saying, like writing the magazine, you have to be, it's like a predictor of things to come. Yeah. And music does that as well. You should always be a year or two ahead of what the zeitgeist is, you know. Well, I predict you're going to have some fun with our topics today. Yes. Oh, did you see, see what he did, see what he did there? He's really yeah. good at Almost that, professional, yeah. I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, so we're going we're gonna to basically decide what we think on some very, very pressing matters. Let's get into Let's it. Let's do it. So, first up today, Tiff and Joe. Uh, this is actually a listener suggested, um, Is It Just Me? Uh, this is Magdalena Smee. We love this one. Um, she basically says, Is it just me who finds it very antisocial that my partner uses the snooze function when he has to get up considerably earlier than me? And, and she means considerably. His alarm goes off at 5.45 and she doesn't have to get up till 8. Right. It's yeah. a cut and shut case, isn't it? Well, I do it all the time. <laughs> Guilty. So, so yeah, so my uh, uh, fiance would be like, "Could you turn that off? Why is it on snooze?" Um, yeah, he's he's from Wales. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's Scottish. He's he's a beautiful man, and and we love him. But he, um, you know, I mean, early for me was I did it this morning. Early for me was me getting up at eight. Um, that's like a comedian's five in the morning. God, that's just so depressing. All quite amazing. By eight o'clock, I'd got the child ready, walked the dog, and yeah. But to be fair, what time do you normally go to bed? Not that I'm judging you two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, normally, uh, if I've had a show, it takes me a little while to wind down. Yeah. Absolutely, so yeah. uh, sometimes, you know, like regularly, it would be two or three, three a.m. And I've tried to oh, get wow. myself. I've tried to get myself much better now, so that I try to go to bed about twelve, about mm. midnight. So then that's a sort of eight or nine, sort of yeah. in the morning, waking up twelve or one. But I mean, I'm just not sure how healthy this news function is generally speaking to be honest because I mean I, and I say that as someone who does use it but I have to say when I and I can't believe I'm saying it but you know when you leap out of bed as soon as your alarm goes off yeah guarantee I feel better than if I've snoozed yes because I think there's something to be said for just getting up and jumping out of bed as soon as it's gone off because 
Snoozing actually is not quality sleep. Well, yeah, but it's... who can actually do that? I've done it a few I mean, times. Oh my you've God. got to be hangover free. It's absolutely no. Yeah, it... I've done it. A few... Yeah, yeah. You have to have had like feel like you've got eight hours mm. or feel like because you know sometimes you, you wake up and you just go now I'm just wide awake. I mean, do you? I mean, I, I always say I I dream of living in a world where there are no alarms because I just think it would be so nice where you didn't have to be up at a certain time. You could just let yourself naturally like. Sleeping Beauty, come to, you know, when, yeah. you, when you felt you wanted to. So you um, have a problem with the concept of time. Being, and being told, <laughs> being told to get up. Yeah, you know me. I, yeah. I just don't like rules or structure. No, yeah. um, no but you know what I mean? Because there is that nice thing. Cause, but inevitably, I've now turned into that person that's obviously old enough now, whereby I've turned into those people that wakes up earlier on the weekend than I do during the week without an alarm. It's really annoying. Do you have that? Uh, well, I mean, I've had a child for 12 years, so <laughs> yes, well, that, she, she's now got to the age where we're, we're dragging you. her yeah. out of bed. But I, this is when I come back to the snooze thing when when she was tiny and I'd hear her crying at like half past five in the morning. I would lie there and think, I'm just going to lie here for one more delicious, amazing, lovely minute. That minute's going to be awesome. So I'm kind of on board with the snooze punch you because snooze? you just eke every yeah. little <laughs> bit of horizontal time yeah. out of... But then my husband um, regularly has to set the alarm for like 5.30 in the morning, like a couple of days a week. And I'll, I'm going to be really honest, on those days, I don't sleep in that room mm. because I do not want to get up as early as that. Well, that and once I'm awake, I'm awake. But what, what is the alternative? You know, that is the only sensible way around it, isn't it? I yeah, imagine. I mean, I'm that's dying. so old and married of me, isn't it? But <laughs> it's just, I'd just rather get some sleep, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... But like I said, so I guess yeah, so to your boyfriend, you're doing what Magdalena's boyfriend's doing to her, basically. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you just because it goes off every like five or ten minutes. Oh I my think. god! So I just this. Is... <laughs> I've, gone, I've, I've gone for nine. Yeah. I don't know why. I, did it say something about me that yeah. I chose Joe's nine minutes? So furious already. I'm so cross with you right now. It's like four minutes in. <laughs> That alarm would be hurled out the window. Yeah. And then you'd wake up, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you'd get up there. Yeah. Like, I went through a little phase of putting my phone in the in the living room. Well, which you're supposed to do. To, to, so that if I, when the alarm goes, I have to get up and go and get it, but also so I'm not reading it before I go to sleep. And also it's not the micro, microwaves or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. The, 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 don't take the phone into the room. Yeah, apparently it's very oh, bad. Yeah. yeah. Or somebody did say to me, I don't know if this is true, um, but apparently if you put your phone onto flight mode at night, it does the equivalent of not having it in oh. your room. But it means your alarm oh, I've sort sometimes of had it Bad under my pillow, so I probably cooked my brain. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, were, you were probably wondering. <laughs> so you must have a very understanding boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, but he he's self-employed. He's a director, so he's scheduled. Although sometimes if he's on an early morning shoot, he'll be up and out. But he did manage to do that the other day, and I didn't wake up at all. Are you a heavy so He's very good, but I am... I am a nightmare. I'm are you a, clunk, are on, you a clunker and lights a clunker? On, I do take the hairdryer out into the hall to dry yeah. my hair out oh, there. You're you not know. that much of a horrible person. No, <laughs> no. But, it, but it's still the getting up and that we've got a cat as well, and then the cat... To, to be honest, if I'm not waking him up, then the cat's going to be smacking stuff off the bedside table. Yeah. Because at six o'clock in the morning, he decides that he wants attention. Yeah. And that's... I always try to, if I have to get up first, stumble around and not wake anybody up. But in the dark, it's always me sort of like, creak, 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 <laughs> bang! <laughs> Fuck! Like this, and then everyone's awake. In a weird way, yeah. I think you're just better off turning the lights on, finding what you want, turn the light back off again. That's actually less annoying and goes on yeah. for less time. Whereas yeah. you know, when you try to do that pussy mm-hmm. footing around, you never actually... Yeah, you know, tread on a Upturn up plug. Yeah. <laughs> or oh. there's no such pain as the pain of it's an upturn plug. It's, the... it's worse than childbirth. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
See, I honestly, I, yeah, yeah, like mm. that is the full weight of your heel going Ooh. on a yeah, nasty. Turn the lights on. Um, so Magdalena, I don't know where we, this leaves us really, but yeah, I'm yeah, I'm afraid I, I think that's unacceptable behaviour. So you might want to look at pitching up into, not going into, out with me into the spare yeah. room. Oh, yeah, don't go out with Tiff, and also maybe I think maybe the spare move, room. move out, Magdalena. <laughs> I, I would, yeah. you know, how invested are you anyway? Oh bless, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, if you do have any other suggestions for topics, we love hearing from you guys. So um, do email us at um, isitjustmepodcast at gmail.com. We love it. Um, yeah. We love it when you get in touch with us. Can't even speak. Something like that. Something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Powering through, this isn't going to be controversial at all. <laughs> Is it just me, Tiff Stevenson, James Williams, who finds talking about money very awkward indeed? Um, I find it awkward, but I don't like the fact that I find it awkward, if you know what I mean. I think yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a hangover, because I think we were brought up in simpler times, when you, you were very much discouraged, it was, very, it was a bit crass, it was a bit vulgar to talk about money. Uh, and I think we've got a bit of a hangover. I definitely think younger people now don't have any foibles at all about basically asking for what they think they, they, they should be earning. Uh, and I kind of applaud them for that. And I think we could learn a bit more from it. But I used to have a friend who, um, years ago, and I don't see him anymore, funnily enough, he's open at every time he's like how are you and how much are you earning now oh don't you think I that's mean, weird I mean, to jump straight in that's I mean, a bit that's aggressive punchy, yes, right? yeah. that's what I mean I mean I don't I want to I think you need around. a little bit of social lubricant yeah. with that yeah. you know like yeah. before you just was he Michael Douglas in, in Wall Street well, yeah. because that feels very stockbrokerish 80s doesn't it I, I am all for let's let's get gender pay equality let's have those conversations so we can be upfront and transparent and get people earning what they should be earning. But sitting around with my friends talking about our money, I don't, I don't want to do that. Is that weird? Uh, no. I mean, Kate Winslet sort of said 
Uh, and again, it was a part of a very. That was like introduced that like you like introduced a Shakespeare quote. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was Kate Winslet yeah. who said. Yeah, I'm giving her. I'm giving her a reverence, which, quite frankly, when you hear what she said, it doesn't deserve. Yeah, she's um, the other bard. It's uh, yeah. She she basically blamed it on Britishness, didn't she? She yeah. went, it's very, it's crass. It's not what we do. But it was part of a wider conversation about equal pay for, for actresses Hollywood, in yeah. film in Hollywood so yeah. Jennifer Lawrence had brought it up and it was almost like Kate Winslet had gone some ew how terribly American mm. you know and, and, and I think transparency is important in some places I do think the conversations about money and investments and how it all works is, is when there's such a huge like sort of gap in inequality and wealth and you know we have this top 1% or whatever that, that own the vast majority of the world's wealth i do think uh, and 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 people from backgrounds who don't necessarily know how money works or finance or even in schools on a very basic level we should be talking about money way earlier mm. like the idea that you know part of my sort of either home economics or or maths, it was never covered how you would do a tax return. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, oh, so basic no, we, household we, yeah. budgets but and accountancy. But we did do that at my school. Oh, see, we did it. Yeah. yeah. We did. It was, just, it was just numbers and equations. But it, I, I mean, it wasn't put into a more like lifestyle context. I think yeah. I, I think that's far more interesting. Even Love Island contestants can do maths when it's based on Instagram followers. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. if you said to them what is two thousand take away four, they couldn't tell you. If you said you've lost ten followers, you had two thousand, how many do you have now? They <laughs> yeah, all know. Yeah. Honestly, I'm telling you, that's a God honest truth. Somebody did the exact same on an old This is real Island. life economics. Bring it back to Love Island people. Yeah. Teach maths. Just one a BAFTA. Exactly. Just one a BAFTA. Um yeah, it's it's it is that kind of I think the secrecy surrounding how money works Mm. and how, and that that has been part of, I mean, we keep being told that women are afraid to ask for raises at work. And, you know, in, I think in in, in my industry and what I do, um, it's less about uh, pay gap and more about opportunity gap. That's how I always describe it. So uh, if you constantly give the most high profile and recognizable sort of roles to the men, then they keep building on that and then they go, well, we need someone high profile and it's only the men at high profile because, yeah. because you kept giving the men all the high profile stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling. So so it's more of an opportunity gap. But I, I do think that we, it would be nice if people were a bit more open and transparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, although not, I don't, like you say, someone, and how much are you earning now? I don't feel that's yeah. sort of appropriate. That actually makes my hands go a bit sweaty. Yeah, but then, but then... Maybe if we're going to be open and transparent, maybe yeah. then that maybe there's no rationale behind feeling weird about feels, that question. I, I guess if it's just a hot opener, well, <laughs> like which a, it often was. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I used to, I've always said this. I feel like it is the last taboo because I think people are more inclined to talk about their sex life than they are about their financial situation or death. Yeah, you know, that sex oh, yeah. money death. Yeah, you know, like the big or taxes. That's a TV show I want to watch. <laughs> um, but it is interesting. I mean, I guess you know you have to look at the whole Claire Foy and the Crown situation, that is interesting, I think, because they've, they've now given her back pay, haven't they? They've actually yes. now ended up paying her. But that says they knew all along that they should have been paying Absolutely. her. Absolutely. You yeah. know, but so... Where, I guess there is an argument to be made. Claire Foy wasn't... 
the house, you know, that show has made her. And yeah. I guess when they were brought to the table, Matt Smith was a bigger name. He was a household name. He'd been Doctor Who. Not that I'm saying, but I mean, to yeah. say, but well, this kind of goes into the opportunity gap yeah. thing again. That's right. Yeah. You know, this it, it feeds. She did all the work, but she was the main character. She's so the right. yeah. she's the the, she was the, the friggin' queen. Yeah. yeah. So it shouldn't really be based <laughs> yeah. on yeah, it's based on the size of the role rather than the where you stand on the pecking order of fame, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Although he definitely would have bought. You know, an agents go in and negotiate on that basis, and I think when you bring it up, like actors, like, well, I'm not going to reduce pay, and you go, no, it shouldn't be about. You know, uh, male actors having their pay reduced, it should be about equalising or bringing up to match. But that's why a lot of them won't talk about it because that's their fear. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That it will be like Liam Neeson. Yeah. He sort of went, oh, you know. Oh, hang on a minute. I didn't mean equality like that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But it, but it, but it kind of, it's, um, yeah, I feel like it works in favour of men to not have these sort of conversations. Whereas, and actually, I think women amongst ourselves, we do, we kind of talk a little bit more. But I, I suppose there are corporations that have to make public their, you know, oh. like the BBC have yeah. just had this, you know. And everyone and then had to declare their... Everyone had to declare their earnings. And then there was this kind of like, look at the dis- disparity here. And it's not just, and I don't want to just make it a male or female thing, because I think it's a class thing as well. I really do. And I think secrecy around how that works and how money is, how, you know, I, you've seen books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, it's about yeah. knowing how the system works and, and the most effective way to go through the systems. And I think that is locked out for a lot of people from working class backgrounds. They just don't know. Mm. And I have access to that information to go, oh, well, if you invest over here or if you put in a high interest account or, you know, like how the money moves around. I think the secrecy that's shrouded around that means that it's very much kept. We have this kind of... Well, it's, not I, I don't option, it's not an option for a normal person, basically, I don't think. Like, yeah. As you said, it's not even... Wouldn't even enter my head, you know. Well, it's like that kind of thing of like uh, 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 free for those who what's it? Uh, free to those who don't need it. Very expensive to everyone else. There's yeah, that old yeah, kind yeah. of like, yeah. you know. And there is a thing with sometimes with with fame or being successful, or being visible on TV. You will get, you know. But I didn't know these things, you know. That but more opportunity begets more opportunity. Yeah, yeah. or even yeah. on a basic thing of like sometimes if I'm doing a TV show. I've gone out and I've spent like hundreds and hundreds of pounds on clothes and then there's been a mum's net thread on something I'm wearing and then I'm like, oh, like it took a friend to say to me, you know, like if you wear them a lot, just ask them if they'll lend you some clothes for the show. And I was like, of course, because I'm buying all of these clothes and then once I've worn them on TV, I can't wear them again, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So they were like, oh yeah, sure. And you go, oh no, because basically that's their clothes being visible. But you don't understand how all of those things sort of work. So you're just like, you know... Mm -hmm. But then you go, is that necessarily fair for someone else to see? You know, like, yeah. it, 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 but I suppose, you know, that these sort of how, yeah, very expensive, uh, free to those who can afford it, very expensive for everyone else is the phrase. That's, but that's but even on, on a very basic level, I mean, is it just me? Mm-hmm. Bit, but, you know, I sometimes am not very good at, even if I say I've paid something in advance for a group of friends and you have that awkward thing where somebody's forgotten in quotation marks to pay but I, I think that that's I what I'm it, talking about. Yeah, oh, I okay. think it's very yeah. awkward just yeah. to have that level of okay. conversation about yes. money to say, by the way, you owe me. Because also, at what point do you, does it become enough that you don't sound like an arsehole asking for it? Like, do you feel like a prick asking for that five pounds you owe me? I probably yeah. would actually. Yeah. Anything above tenner, a tenner, I'm going, okay, well now we're getting to a place where you should remember. Yes, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But then we're getting into more weird territories whether you're tight or not. But cause I, I'm always so careful about paying people and knowing that I owe people money. But 
you can't then also expect everyone to remember. So, you know, you're more fool you if you feel awkward enough to not ask for the money that you're owed. Oh, yeah, I'm always too awkward to ask. Yeah. Always. Yeah, yeah, I have that feeling. It's, yeah. I think Why? It's, Why do you unless have it's, it? Unless it's over sort of 50 quid. Yeah, oh, I God, think I'd like, t- yeah, like... So I'm tight with my tenner. Well, well <laughs> to be know, honest, even then, I just oh. feel... I don't know, I just... I know that it's crazy. And then I but, feel bad because I think I might have forgotten someone might have got me dinner one time or you know shouted dinner and gone that's on me and it was 40 quid or something yeah, yeah. and then they owe me a tenner and I'm like can you pay me that 10 pound like and I yeah. they're trying to go I got dinner the other night you know like and they probably wouldn't but you I sort of and then it builds the silent I, resentment I guess it depends if it's a friend that you see a lot you know it all evens out in the wash because yeah. you see each other enough yes. you get a drink yeah. in here you get that in there I mean the watch shot me the other day I was somewhere where a guy asked his girlfriend cause, and he said well I got the last drink I, you owe me a five of that drink I got you the other night and I was a bit like, wow, that's your girlfriend. Like, yeah, but then oh. maybe she's always pulling that crap, you know? You just don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I see, I have that with my partner. We just, he does some things, I do the other, and we don't really yeah. take much notice. We've been together 11 years, so, it's you know, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. We don't question each other on that. But yeah, it is, it, it is incredibly awkward to ask for money for money back. So do we think we need to start so it's channeling not just our Americans me, is it? and being a bit more... Wall Street, Michael Douglas in Wall Street. Yeah, but it's money. a fine line, isn't it? Well, if you get How out your you phone, owning, you get out, <laughs> yeah. you get out your phone and you put it in a little app or a spreadsheet and go. So just to let you know, we're up to two hundred pounds. I used to love. So. I used to think of. Um, Oh, what's what's Julia Davis in Ninety Nine? Oh, yes. Used to watch that. She, if someone would owe her twenty p, she's like, should we just settle it now? Otherwise, it just gets nasty. <laughs> and we all know like, those people. They so are those people. Brilliant. It was yeah. like hilarious. Like ten minutes later, all oh, that 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 five quid. Yeah. Let's do it now. Otherwise, it just gets nasty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Really, uh, we need to start channeling our Ninety Nine Julia Davis yeah. personas more. <laughs> Is it just me who prefers property porn to actual porn? Oh, yeah, that's totally just you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because don't I just love porn? Yeah. <laughs> we are team porn, aren't we, Joe? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, where, where are you at in this? Are you, like, an I, I just literally just followed someone on Twitter last night that just said, um, it might be called property porn. <laughs> Let me have a little look. Um, I... It, 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 it was a, a property... Oh no, dream houses. Ooh. And then it says house porn. So, yeah. Um. I can't handle it. I, I just... It's it's very bad for my self-esteem, property porn. I actually remember the day you... Very bad. I remember really? the day you discovered Ellen DeGeneres' Malibu mansion. Oh, and man. you were actually... She was in a funk. She was in a real depression about it. <laughs> I was like, how bad could it be to pretend to be gay? <laughs> and, and, and try and steal and, a Porsche and, or, and, and Ellen get, away. And get to live in this house with Ellen. <laughs> with Ellen and Porsche. Yeah. 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 Oh. I'm fine with it. Yeah. What what would it what do you think my obligations would be? <laughs> <laughs> I think a few that if you're, if you're not gay might be a problem. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I watch like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and stuff like that, and Orange Cat, and I love it. I love I love Grand Designs. I love yeah. all of those kind of shows. And uh, I, you know, I'm saying this as someone who doesn't own property. Um, because I live in London, so who does? I mean, but it comes from... back to money, doesn't it? I watch things like Grand Designs, and my husband and I are like, how did those bastards get that rich? Mm. Yeah, what do they do. I don't understand. Well, this, this, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, some of my friends are talking about this whole sort of property buying conundrum because obviously they're all in similar situations whereby they just can't really get on the ladder. Um, but then I keep saying to them, I, I think it's a very old-fashioned British concept. The obsession we have with owning property because so many of our like European sort of you know friends don't bother like people in Paris people in Amsterdam 
they, they just rent them. They rent for life. It's a very British thing yes. to want to be on the property New ladder. Yorkers, New Yorkers rent. I mean, I, I stay with my friends and they own their their place and they're in like Chelsea, right opposite Barney's. Wow. It's like, but he bought it like, you know, 30 odd years ago. Yeah. So he, he was like, you know, like now it's just so crazy to get to try and buy real estate in New York. Mm. But they make it much, I feel like New York has a better system than London because they, they make it, uh, difficult for you to be a property developer so they have these schemes where you can buy because they want to encourage all types of people so you don't basically become like Geneva or Zurich or somewhere like that where you're just bankers right. you know and there's nothing wrong with bankers they've got to have somewhere to live but you know where you can establish a community of, of people who work well, and, different... and not everybody else gets priced out of yeah. living yeah. in a city so yeah. what they do is they, they have these flats where they say if you buy this you can't rent it for three years uh, and if you do, you've got to give us like a 30% or 40% kickback. So basically you can't make money from it. You can yeah. cover your overheads and you can't sell it for like five years. And, you know, so they they have schemes like that in New York. And I, um, it'd actually be easier for me to buy there than it would be in London at the moment because I live, I sort of rent in Muswell Hill and everywhere, like for a house or three bedroom houses, are upwards of 1.5 million. I know. Yeah. And it's, it's insane. Yeah. It, I mean, I think that's the, I think if you live anywhere outside of London it's still an achievable goal I think yeah but I think a lot of but London... even then you're still looking at like half a million three quarters of a million aren't mm-hmm. you yeah, yeah. like true. really up in Scotland for example once you get outside of Glasgow there's like quite a lot of places that are so crazily cheap in comparison I've got to be honest you're making me think I'm going to get a lot more out of just watching porn <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. somebody who's very happy. You still my... get that empty feeling afterwards. When it's all said and done, yeah. it's similar with just the... <laughs> a bit sad and empty. But at least, this is awful, but you know, at least if I'm watching actual porn, I can think, well, my life's gone a bit better than that. Whereas if, whenever you're looking at property porn, you're thinking, you should have tried yeah. harder at school. Yeah. You should have, if you just tried harder, you could have, you could be in that place instead of just looking at it online. But I do, I mean, I say this to somebody, and this is not a metaphor for like any sort of deep relationship situation. I mean, I'm somebody who's very happy in my house, but it means I still love looking at like, say, agent details. Is that yes. really weird? Oh, we do it all the time. Me and my partner will just walk around the, whenever we go out for a meal or we go and look in the window, see what the local Do you think that's an age thing? I'm trying to think if I was always, if I was interested in that in my I 20s. don't think I did in my 20s at all. <laughs> oh, no, no, I was, when I, when I was younger and the idea of ever um, having a mortgage on an actual house just seemed like a ludicrous thing that was never going to happen. I was probably more obsessed with it then mm. when it felt like it was a dream completely out of my reach. So you, I think it, that's why I'm doing it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it is, it is the thing. It's like all those magazines you get through the door and they're, yeah. they're full of estate agent ads in the back for renting and buying. I used to spend ages just looking at all of those and I don't do it so much anymore. Yeah, actually, for all I've said about, you know, everyone needs to relax about getting on the property ladder, as I was, I was this is quite weird, I was so weird. Like, the whole renting thing in my head anyway was like money down the toilet, I was just, you know, not investing mm. it because it's basically going off to somebody else. I bought my first flat at 21. Wow. wow. I mean, like, yeah, literally, yeah. I got my first job when I bought my first flat. But it also, it was when they were doing 100% mortgages. Yes. So I had no yeah. deposit. Yeah. And if it was I... crazy now. I'm going, I can't, but I think I was so young, I didn't really take on the enormity of what I was doing. I think you know? it must be the British obsession again, because I think if I hadn't met my husband and married him, I think I probably would still be renting. Mm. Because he was the one who was dragging me dragging me to save money for a deposit yeah. now, I'm glad he did but I, I wouldn't have done it without him I would not have yeah yeah I think it's um, it's quite interesting because you can kind of get tr- like people think that their house is a 
a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An asset. But a lot of and the a times, security blanket. A lot of the time, it isn't really. Like you have to look at like appreciation over time. I suppose in London, the market goes up, so it's dropped out a little bit. But the the market kind of it should increase in value over time. However, like it's not one of the assets that can make you the most money. And I do think once you get into a place. And I know this has happened because it's happened within my family. Everyone kind of gets to a place, they get the mortgage, they get in the house. And then within like <clears throat> three or four years, five years, that house is now too small and they want a bigger house and they want to do it up. And then you're remortgaging or you're getting loans to do the house up or you're doing that up, you're selling it and trying to get into a bigger one. So you're never really out of that cycle of kind of debt. You're always just sort yeah. of getting, you know, I know people that have got themselves into bigger and bigger houses and they're now in their sort of 60s going, well, you've still got a 20-year mortgage on that. You know, like, yeah. so... What propels us to want bigger? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so weird, isn't it's it? It's human nature. It's called right. the... Um, there's a uh, hedonic treadmill. Ooh. Yeah, the hedonic treadmill, which is the, the, um, the idea that you get or you achieve a thing, but then you just want the next thing. And you see happened. a thing that's out of reach, you chase that, you chase that, and when it goes, you go, oh, I need another. Well, that explains yeah. a lot. Yeah. Well, I've always said embrace the middle people. It's, it's, it's a much calmer way to live your life rather than reaching, reaching, reaching. Just be comfortable where you are and, and enjoy am, it. Am I right in being able to promise people that um, there isn't a mortgage talk in the bombshell? <laughs> no. There isn't mortgage chat in this. But actually, I'm thinking that might be what my next show is about because I'm... I'm, I'm sort of increasingly... No, I, I mean, it sounds like a laugh a minute, but I was, I, was, I was in LA and I was sort of looking... I was on Skid Row and I was kind of noticing this homelessness, this sort of epidemic, like more people than ever homeless there. And so on one side of the street, you had like this really kind of like tragic scenario with all these people on the street. And then on the other side, it was all self-storage units. Mm. So it was like people's crap that they didn't want it in their house has there. A house. Got roo- yeah. That has a roof over it and yeah. the human beings don't. And that kind of disparity between those two things. And again, I'm, like I'm saying, laugh a minute. It sounds like, but I'll get there. You <laughs> yeah. know, like I've, I've been researching air rights. That's the thing that I believe made Donald Trump a millionaire, which is literally the rights to the air, the space above a building. God, that's so depressing. So you can actually just buy into, and it's from a Latin uh, concept and it's encoded in it's a legal concept encoded in the Latin phrase which I'm not going to try the Latin but it says whoever <laughs> owns the soil it is theirs up to heaven and down to hell wow, wow. so uh, that's what I'm interested in how much how much can you actually own how, where do your rights stop so if you own a house you go down like you own down how far down because people have been fracking under houses yeah so like who actually owns that is it down to the magma and if it is down to the magma surely then on the other side you've got an Aussie game oi don't tap the magma <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to build a mate. games room up there you know yeah, like mate. Yeah. lay so, off the magma mate lay off my magma <laughs> yeah. it's mine uh, so, so I, I think that's a really interesting idea like how much can you I'll probably explore that in a bigger way but how much can you actually own like how much it's kind of mind blowing yeah. when we get to the point where you'll go you see that tree there you see that oxygen you're breathing in that's from the tree in my garden you owe me Oh a fiver, <laughs> you know, but like, b- b- because you, when you think about it, like it's going back to that thing of how much of the wealth is owned by a small percentage of people. A lot of London is owned by the Duke of Westminster. Yeah. So, like, you you know, you buy a freehold to a, f- uh, you buy a leasehold to a flat. You don't own the freehold. So, really, like, maybe someone owns Earth. 
Maybe we don't know who it is. Maybe one person. My, my tiny mind's been slightly blown. I can't, I can't lie. Watch some porn. And... <laughs> yeah. We need to do... have a little reset. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to... Um, no. These are the kind of things I like doing in my shows. Oh. And like... that's why you're a genius. Exactly. It's got a one-woman show. <laughs> yeah. Which we need to go and check out. So yes. Remind us again the yeah. dates and where you're going to be on. Uh, 21st of May to the 26th inclusive. I said 27th earlier, but 26th at Soho Theatre. So check um, it out. Please come along. Um, financial advice. Financial <laughs> advice, air rights. Uh, that'll be after the show, yeah. So, um, yeah, also, you know, tips on how to do your makeup on the train. It's a big part of the oh, show. Oh, you're one of I those see. people. I am. Just, I, I don't know how they do it. It's now, yeah. it's now become my equality. It's like my sort of, you know, it's a protest, really, until women get equal rights. I'm mean, my woman spreading. My doing my makeup yeah. on the train. There are signs in the subway in New York saying "Don't apply makeup on no. the train." But why? Uh, because it's deemed antisocial. But well, my point is, you know, like the person that pointed out to me, you know, pointed that out to me was actually eating a hot dog. So I was like, I think <laughs> eating food is yeah, as anti. More. Yeah, we talked this about this. But there's, there's something weird about men that get very irate about women applying makeup on tubes and trains. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I think it's because we're expected to look a certain way, and that kind of says we don't want to peer behind the curtain. We don't want to know how you get there. Well, yeah, but I, I, can we agree on the woman who was sitting next to me flossing? <laughs> I think everyone. Yeah, that's a be... step too far. Yeah. But yeah. I think for comedic purposes, I would take it to the ends of that. Like I, would, I might even do a little video, a social experiment where we, we go out and I see because I talk about that in the show. I see it like if we do a little secret hidden camera to see how far I can get with it before someone steps in and goes, you know, like I'm shaving my legs and I'm, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm, I'm bleaching my top lip and I do, you know, it's like, the ultimate test of, of Britishness, isn't it? Because yeah. we're all so terrified of actually having any kind of like direct like, yeah, I, confrontation I, I, in public. I would say nothing and sort of yeah. like and, and inwardly implode, <laughs> and then when I got out of range of you, I'd probably burst into tears from the stress of it all. <laughs> but I wouldn't say anything to you at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clipping fingernails is my one. I can't, oh, get over, I can't get over it when I see people doing that in public. I'm like, yeah. what? It Ugh. makes me feel ill when my. <laughs> we just talked about this yesterday when I see my. Uh, fiance do it in the house oh. and he's like I'm in the other room it's the noise I, it's like, the I can noise. hear it though I can hear it's, it yeah and especially because the men they're the greying the, that's the thing their nails are tougher so, horny. so you can really hear that sort of like that real sort of like I can Ping. almost I can almost yeah. hear it projectile to the other side of the room it's like claws isn't it yeah talons what if I can't pick that up with a hoover what if we don't see it and it just blends into oh. and just imagine how many fingers <laughs> And on that lovely retching note. It's the start of a horror film, isn't it? We could literally be here all day. The nail. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for fitting us in. I know you're really busy and probably, you know, got out out of bed at the crack of 8 a.m. At the crack of 8. She's up at the crack of 8 again. (laughs) Lovely to meet you. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 